All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a Tuesday, November 14th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. As always, streaming on the Daily Faceoff YouTube. And as always, we are presented by Batano 19 Plus. Please play responsibly. The game starts now at Batano, and the show starts with me welcoming in former NHLer Colby Cohen, who's sliding in for Frank Saravalli today. Colby, how's it going? It's going, Tyler. There's lots going on today. So we've yeah. got an action packed show. Yeah, we have a lot to get to. John Goins is going to swing by in a little bit with the coach's room. Before we get to our topics today, though, some breaking news in the hockey world. British police have arrested Matt Petgrave and charged him with manslaughter and the death of Adam Johnson. Of course, everybody remembers the incident from a few weeks back. So some legal news coming out of there. We'll have more on dailyfaceoff.com throughout the day. So keep it locked there for that story and for coverage of that. Um, but again, another interesting chapter and in a very, very unfortunate event. Uh, but Colby, let's stick to the NHL for our four topics today. We'll get to the Hall of Fame talk in a bit. But last night on the ice in the NHL, an interesting result out in Edmonton as the Chris Knobloch era begins. Been a lot of Oilers talk over the last seven days in the hockey world. But last night, Edmonton picked up their second straight win Four points from Drysaddle. Connor McDavid got out of his of of the worst slump in his career. It could have been the first time in his career he's gone five straight games without a point. He gets on the board and finds the back of the net as well. Did the Oilers show you anything in Game One under Chris Knobloch that maybe has you believing they could turn this thing around? Yeah, look, the Oilers definitely showed me something last night. Um, I'm not ready to say it was anything to do with Chris Knobloch, but what I will tell you and what I do like is 
look, they go down early in that game. So you can make the argument that they weren't really ready to play. I mean, the way the Islanders started, they get a goal in the first minute. Uh, the Oilers could have they could have thrown in the towel at that point. I know it's early in a hockey game, but you could start hanging your head and you could start, oh, here we go again. So, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due. Now, fast forward later in the period, it's one nothing. I believe maybe about halfway through the first period, Dayarnay gets caught pinching, which I've talked about on this show. And that is something that they need to address because when you're a, you know, five, six, seven type of defenseman, you can't be caught all the time. You really just can't. And he gets caught. They give up an odd man rush. Skinner gets a piece of it and the puck hits the post and stays out. Now at that point, if that's two, nothing, I have no idea uh, what we're talking about right now in regards to how that game foils out for the Islanders. But they get a, a partial save. They get a little bit of puck luck. And then the big boys take over. The power play shows up. Dreisaitl had a couple incredibly dominating shifts. Maybe some of the most dominating shifts we've seen out of him in this game. McDavid with the speed on that goal. You know, the long pass. He finds the back of the net. So when you need your big boys to step up in a moment like that, and they do, uh, Hyman also gets on the board. I think those are all encouraging signs, Tyler. Four goals in the last two games now for Zach Hyman. I'm with you. I don't know how much that had to do with the new head coach because you look at the way they went. I mean, that's only the fourth time all season the Oilers have been outshot at five on five in a game, Colby. That was not their best performance of the year, even though it's only their fourth win. They won because Stuart Skinner made some big stops and their power play came through for them at the end of the game. There are other examples back when Woodcroft was the head coach where if they could have gotten one more save or one more power play goal and if the big guns could have scored, They would have won a few more hockey games already. So I'm sure Jay Woodcroft was sitting there just shaking his head going, of course, of course, the first game I'm gone, we finally get production from those big guys and we finally get a save. You know, that's got to be tough because these coaches, they they live, eat, breathe, sleep their team. And we're going to have John Goyens on later in the show who, who's coached at some of the higher levels of the sport. So, you know, maybe we'll ask him a little bit about that uh, after he gets done breaking down some video. But one second, you're bleeding for your team and you would take a bullet for your team. And then the next second you're on the outside looking in. That's got to be challenging if you're if you're Woodcroft, especially when the players didn't want to see him go. We saw the reaction by McDavid. I'm sure you guys covered it on the show yesterday. Uh, a lot of this back and forth that what are they consulted? Were they not consulted? It did seem like the players like playing for Woodcroft. So it remains to be seen, Tyler, but it's certainly a good thing because we're heading towards American Thanksgiving. I know you're heading this way towards Philadelphia and New York, which we're excited to see uh, on this side of the border. But If they can rattle off, you know, maybe win four of their next six games, maybe even better. I think that puts them back into a situation where, okay, this Oilers team has enough firepower and enough offensive power to cover up for the lumps on defense and in goal. Yeah, Uh, just quickly, one thing that I did like out of Knobloch yesterday, the Oilers had two full lines. Full lines play more than 13 minutes together at five on five. The blender was not out at all. And I think it worked down the stretch as they got a little bit more comfortable with each other and played some really good shifts in the final 20 minutes. Edmonton's next game comes Thursday against the Seattle Kraken. Off the ice last night, Colby, it was Hall of Fame induction night out in Toronto as the class of 2023 got their rings and got their plaques and kind of the year of the goalie as a couple of historic wrongs were maybe righted in a few senses with Tom Barrasso and Mike Vernon getting in. Of course, Henrik Lundqvist, an an absolute lock. We've known that for probably about a decade in the NHL, but three goalies 
big, big headliners in this class and a few other of very deserving names, including Caroline Ouellette in the, uh, on the women's side, Pierre Turgeon, Ken Hitchcock, and the family of Pierre Lacroix was also in attendance as well. So a great class in 2023, but goalies really stole the show here, Cole. They certainly did. And Tom Barrasso haunted me from my childhood growing up a Philadelphia Flyers fan. Uh, he was always ready to stack the pads and, and make a big save at the old igloo in Pittsburgh. So, you know, always great to see guys get their due. Um, every year when the Hall of Fame happens, there's always one thing that bothers me about it. And the fact that Jeremy Roenick has yet to be entered into the Hockey Hall of Fame. To me, it has nothing to do with his hockey or his it, it, to me, the reason he hasn't been let in is is some of the things that they don't like about off the ice with him. Um, so always excited to see a guy like Henrik Lundqvist enter. I've had a chance to spend some time around him um, over the years. And, and, you know, what a class act. I mean, obviously the best dressed guy in all of sports probably, um, but, but a total classy guy. So uh, you love to see it. Look at the hair in the photo I got on the screen. I mean, the guy could play 60 minutes and no hair out of place. I mean, that's Hall of Fame hair right there. Uh, one of the moments I liked last night as well was Mike Vernon talking about his NHL debut where he allowed four goals on six shots in his first game in the league. And he joked about how, you know, despite that 333 save percentage in his first appearance, he still wound up getting all the way to the Hall of Fame. I thought that was great. And I also really liked Ken Hitchcock kind of taking a step back and going, hey, I know I was a hard ass. I know a lot of guys didn't like playing for me. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but he said, I love the players. He says, I did all that and I stand by that because I love the players and I love the game. So it was a uh, a great night out in Toronto. Frank Saravalli was there on our end from Daily Faceoff covering things too. So a good night as the class of 2023 get their rings. Colby, let's tie that into maybe what we'll get in the class of 2024. You mentioned Jeremy Roenick. He's certainly an interesting candidate. Some other names that are kind of buzzing right around the edges. Shea Weber is a first-time eligible player on the blue line. Um, Alexander McGilney, Ilya Kovalchuk, they're still in the mix, but there's one first-timer that's probably a lock. You see him on your screen. Pavel Datsu's getting in first try here. I, I don't think there's any debate about that. Oh, there is absolutely no debate about that. His presence on the ice was just uh, a force to be reckoned with, and you just don't see guys that are as dominant offensively be as dominant defensively as Datsuk. I mean, you know, he could light it up and he was the first guy to do the backhand toe drag almost and kind of fling the goaltender out of the net. Um, I remember actually playing against Datsuk. He had all those holes in his stick when he used that, that Reebok stick when it first came out, if you remember that at all, Tyler. But, you know, the thing with him was, yeah, he could make you look stupid with the puck, but as a defenseman, I remember being warned by Adam Foote when we were at the Joe. Um, this is, you know, maybe my in I only played a couple games in the NHL, so it, it was one of them. And uh, he he said to me, I know you like to play passes through seams. I know you're comfortable trying to put it under a guy's stick, put it through a guy's feet on a breakout pass. He said, when when Dotsuk or Zetterberg are on the ice, don't even try it. It'll be in the back of your net within seconds. They give it to you. They take it away. These guys are wizards defensively with their sticks. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you on that, Tyler. I think Datsuk is a, a surefire Hall of Famer first ballot type of player. Yeah, we'll see if a couple of those other high-end Russian forwards get in with them. In McGillney and Kovalchuk been a long time coming for McGillney. And I, and I think just based off the numbers and also his journey getting to the NHL, I think he deserves 
to get in um, on the blue line. Obviously, Shea Weber, an interesting candidate. Also, between the pipes, there's a handful here. Our friend Paul Paduti at Adjusted Hockey does an unbelievable job charting out every player's Hall of Fame case. And, and kind of he has a benchmark that they got to clear. Curtis Joseph is one of the biggest snubs based on his model. We'll see if Cujo can get in. Pekka Rinne is another first-time goalie who could potentially get the call, as is Ryan Miller. Out of those three, Cujo, Rene, Miller. Colby, how many do you think get in? I'd say one. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Goaltending is hard. It's the one position that I really stay hands off on. But I, I will say, based on the generation of hockey that I grew up watching, the teams that I grew up watching, I think Ryan Miller, to me, is probably the guy that stands out in that group. Um, you know, 18 seasons in the league. The numbers were incredible. I don't, I couldn't tell you what Cujo's numbers were like. I remember playing in Toronto. I remember he killed the Flyers in the playoffs in my childhood numerous times, but it just, you know, Ryan Miller sticks out to me as the guy from that group. I don't think Pecorine is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I know he played a long time. I know he won a lot, played in a smaller market, uh, you know, didn't win a Stanley Cup. Not that you have to. Lundquist obviously didn't have to, but again, I think the King uh, is one of those guys that, you know, was in New York and it was just bigger, larger than life character. So if you're asking me for my bet, uh, I'm going to go with Ryan Miller. Matt Larkin over at dailyfaceoff.com wrote out his thoughts and gave us his prediction. He has Datsuk and Zetterberg both getting in along with Shea Weber and Alexander McGillney. Jen Botterill gets in on the women's hockey side of things. And Fran Ryder was his builder for his predicted class of 2024. We'll see the actual results in a couple of months here. But let's go back to the ice. Colby, busy night tonight in the NHL. Almost over 60% of the league in action tonight on Tuesday. And one big game for the Tampa Bay Lightning is they continue this sort of early season stumble. Like the first couple of games of the year, they look good. It had me sitting there going, boy, when this group gets Vasilevsky back, look out cup contenders once again. But now you look at their first 15 games in the year, they only have six wins. They're being propped up by a lot of overtime losses. They've now dropped three of four, Colby. This Bolts team, there are some legitimate concerns here. And I know everyone did the whole, hey, longest summer they've had in a long time. They should come back and be very rested and very dangerous. Is this a group that once they get Vasilevsky back, will stop noticing some of their warts and they'll be fine? Or are there legitimate concerns with this Bolts team? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not ready to say they're legitimate concerns because they still have a number of the best players in the NHL on any given night, whether it's Point, whether it's Kucherov, whether it's Hedman. Sergachev is kind of struggling to find his footing this year of consistency being sort of a one, not not a one, but a 1A to Victor Hedman. This is really the first time he's getting to, to, to live in that role with a lot of the departures. Look, they still have Braden Point. They still have Steven Samkos. When you put the best goalie in the world back in the back of that net, it just changes the confidence in the way that your entire team plays, especially your decor. You feel more emboldened. You feel more embattled. It's going to lead to more wins for them. And the other thing is, and again, uh, we can ask John Goyens about this as a former coach, like most teams can't turn on a switch. It, it's just something that every coach will tell you at the high level. You practice how you play. There's no way to flip a switch. Well, if there is a team that knows how to turn on a switch, if there's a team that knows how to get in and then fire it up, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's John Cooper. It's this veteran group that has been to multiple cup finals, has lifted the cup multiple times. So look, if you ask me in six or eight weeks, 
and Vasilevsky's back and they're still struggling, uh, maybe I'll have a little bit of a change of heart. But I really do believe this is a playoff team. And I think they're the type of team that just has to get into the playoffs. And it's going to be very difficult for anybody to deal with. Yeah, the one thing with Vasilevsky, again, like that's a dude who's played more hockey than almost any goalie in the league over the last number of seasons when you factor in the playoffs as well. The fact they're getting going to get him back end of November, early December, I think we'll see a very rested Andre Vasilevsky down the stretch and maybe the best we've seen of him down the stretch in multiple years. Uh, tonight, they're taking on the Blues, and then later in the week on Thursday, they're in Chicago to take on Bedard and the Hawks once again. So maybe, maybe a couple of get-right spots for the Tampa Bay Lightning this week. Let's stick with the Bolts a little bit and bring in our friend John Goyens with the Coach's Room. We're going to talk about the Bolts and more on the Coach's Room, which, as always, is delivered by DoorDash. For a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25. Dash that for the win and make DoorDash your holiday hack this holiday season. John Goyens, you can find him on Twitter at Gourmet underscore Hockey. Always excited to bring you in, John, and get some breakdowns from around the sport. Uh, before we get into a specific player a little bit later on, I want to start with something maybe a little bit broader. There's been a lot of talk during broadcasts about teams activating their D in the Ozone. Is this just freewheeling hockey, or is there a specific structure you've maybe noticed early in the season? Well, when you go back to about 2010 with the Chicago Blackhawks, they were a team that really initiated a lot of D dives and, and switches and crisscrosses. So the right-handed D would half dive and end up on his one T side. And there was a little bit more movement, but what we've seen more and more is a one, three, one offensive zone approach. So why not have the mentality you have on the power play and have it on at five on five or vice versa. Too many teams have one identity at five on five and try to have a completely different identity or concepts at five on four. And then it becomes disjointed or disconnected. So what we're going to have here is there's a lot of teams now, whether they do it consistently or whether there's certain triggers that allow them to get into this one, three, one setup at five on five, initiating a lot of backdoor plays and weak side plays by the defenseman. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So let's fire so let's up the roll, video. Yeah, let's roll the video here and dig into some examples of what you're seeing. So, so this is Winnipeg, right? Bang, one, three, one, which means you're going to establish a net presence pretty consistently. You're also going to relieve pressure, and you're also going to have guys like Brendan Dillon here out of sight, out of mind. Now, what Mason Appleton did there is what I call a bumper relief. You hit the F3, all the pressure's there, and then you relieve it to the D2. And again, here's uh, Matthew Poitra coming right down the pipe because he was a bumper support. Here's Boston get into their 1-3-1. They loved this. They were second in the league at five-on-five five scoring last year, and they had the 1-3-1, which was something Jim Montgomery brought over from St. Louis. Now, one of the triggers, as you saw on the screen, was when the puck climbs up the wall, that's when the D2 is initiated down that weak side dot lane, and that's when teams now, what do we play? Do we play zone? Do we play man-on-man? -man? What do we do? And it, and it creates a lot of confusion uh, for a lot of defensive zone schemes. Again, watch Gavrikov right here. He's initiating. Nishash is kind of sleeping, bang, wide open, and he's got a tap in. So you see that it, it initiates and it creates two-on-ones all over the ice. It creates stacked screens. And here's Morgan Riley going all the way down to the goal line, hitting the goal mouth uh, for a tap in. So again, there's a lot of teams. I used about six different teams here in this example. And here again, bang, here's your... Here's your five guys aligned, supporting, recovering pucks, and in movement again. Watch Hughes. Boom, you're right across. In this case, Jack Hughes actually goes for a change, but watch Tyler Toffoli go from a bumper to just kind of wander to the net, and he's out of sight, out of mind. And again, now you got Ottawa. So it's you see that there's a variety of teams that are really using this to their strengths, and it's creating an opportunity to encroach on the high scoring danger area, which is the slot. Well, I love the way you break that down, John, because in a, in a hockey game, I think to a lot of people, it just looks like chaos. So when we're able to put the lines and we put the shadows, you can see it's really organized chaos, if you will, because there's so many people in such a small area, but it's so purposeful. Every time a player dump jumps in and attacks the way a defenseman is able to draw uh, the eyes of the defenders and then, potentially use the flanks or or head towards the net and how about a guy who really draws the eyes of defenders about as well as anybody Nikita Newton Kucherov five goals in his last four games and the best players in the world John they're constantly reinventing ways to score goals they're not traditional they're different ways to move their feet move their hands and move their stick and I think you've got some great video just to show how Kucherov is able to manipulate teams defensively in order to find the back of the net. Absolutely. And before we roll the video, I, I want to kind of set the table on that is that he is as dangerous with the one-timer as he is faking the one-timer because he's got the back scratcher where he's scraping the asbestos out of the ceiling. And then all of a sudden he's passing it to the goal mouth or he's hitting Braden point and he's doing it at five on five. He's doing it on the power play. The other thing, and I highlighted in a couple of the clips, and he does it again at both even strength and on the power play, is he gets lost behind the net. He plays a little hide-and-go-seek with players. So he's out of sight, out of mind. And last but not least, he's so 
understands spatial awareness. He never rushes himself without the puck into coverage. He makes you look like you're covered. You've got him covered. And then boom, he makes you pay. And once he got, he's got your feet pointing in a direction, he pops into a slot or he fades into the weak side. And there will be one clip and it's going to kind of tie into what Colby just said in your last, uh, your last segment was maybe sometimes the best players to defend Kucherov are the best offensive players. And you'll see that in the fifth click, uh, fifth clip with Austin Matthews. So yeah, let's, yeah, let's dig into that a little bit. Like what is he doing to, to make himself so deceptive here? Well, here, hide and go seek out of sight, out of mind. Boom fades. And it's a ripper. And he's outside dots. Like, and he still makes it dangerous. Korczynski thinks he's got him. Oh, I got him. Hey, young buck. Boom. Pop into the slot. And it's on and off his stick. And he even fights off a stick check from the Chicago forward. He doesn't rush to the slot. He hangs out. Bang. Dangerous. And everything's heavy. Everything creates rebounds that doesn't go in. Here, teams want to uh, defend on a on a small quadrant he pops out into the f3 again rebound now watch who's going to cover him well a guy who plays very similarly austin matthews right like he austin matthews tracked him all the way because he could he could read the game the same way again playing a little hide and go seek on the power play great read by wall and nets here to make that save and here i was live and i got to call this game that puck is almost a full foot behind him and jake allen's like Okay, I don't have to dive across. There's no urgency on this play. I could track it and look at Jeff Blaschel's reaction <laughs> at the bench. I had to highlight that part. And again, he kind of does it here. He pulls up, and Nylander thinks he's got him covered because he's got the lane. Watch again. He's going to pull up. He's going to drive you back, and he pulls up. He takes a glance. He gets himself set, and he could hammer it. Like Pasternak, he could hammer those one tees from a distance. And there he is, Mark Giordano. Oh, I'm going to flex out to the dot. Well, he's not on the dot anymore. It's these little nuances of being on the dot, being up, being down, and again, being able to be aligned with a player and then continue fading and letting it rip right off a draw. We're going to play a little where's Waldo, but where's Cooch? Here he is, pops out back door. Again, he just loves to play this hide-and-go-seek uh, aspect with a lot of teams. And now, if you think he's going to rip it every single time, let's play a little pitch and catch back and forth with his line mate in Braden Point. And that's a play I'd like fans to really pay attention where he hits the bumper and he gets it right back. And then look at the one T pass across. He's going to do three. He's going to have three passes, one stick handle. So he's he's going to use Stamkos, Nick Paul, and then eventually he's going to fake it, and then he's going to give it to Braden Point in the slot. So when you think he's only a threat to rip it, you've underestimated his playmaking abilities. Yeah, that is unreal. I love that little delayed one-timer from that clip against Montreal. Like, goalies are so good now at reading angles, reading the way the puck's going to come off your stick, and then he hits you with that weird little hesitation. is just impossible to stop. Uh, John, as always, really love the insight, man. You can catch him on TSN 690, Colin Habs, and Rocket Games. You can find him on Twitter at Gourmet underscore hockey and here every week on the daily on daily face off live thanks for stopping by john thanks guys moving along
along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. Remember, if you're watching in that daily face-off YouTube, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button before the end of the show. Uh, some hot debate on Twitter about a play involving Leon Dreisaitl last night. Colby, I saw a bunch of people chiming in in different ways. Is this a fine, a suspension, or nothing for this cross-check from Dreisaitl on an Islander? This is hockey. What are we doing here? Let's let the guys play hockey. There's nothing vicious about that. That's a battle. It's a short little rabbit check. Give me a break. Put your whistles away. Put your checkbooks and your purses away. Let's go here. This is hockey. There were legitimate people calling for a suspension. He was given a two-minute oh minor on the God. play. I think it's it's a cross-checking minor, and I think that's sure. Sure, sure. I'll give you two minutes. I mean, but I, I give me a break. I'm not entertaining anything further than that. Yeah, uh, some people were saying more dangerous than a slew foot. I oh, not yeah. Islanders fans, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, come on. All right, let's uh, let's move along to our daily phase off betting segment. It's daily bets brought to you by Botano 19 plus. Please play responsibly. A couple of plays for tonight, including an over between Pittsburgh and Columbus. The numbers to back this up pretty straightforward. The over is hit in four straight for Columbus and four of six for Pittsburgh. It's usually high scoring when these two sides go head to head. I like the price point at minus 125. It's going to be over between CBJ and Pitt and a puck line bet. It's always a good day to fade the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, they had their little two game heater there. Sure. But they failed the cover in back to back games now. Uh, and the Florida Panthers are looking great. Four straight wins for the Cats. So I like them in this spot. Minus 120. That's actually one of the better puck line prices we've got going against the San Jose Sharks this year. So I'm all over it. Give me the Sharks on the puck line. And Colby, you're surely laughing because the Sharks beat the Oilers last week. I am laughing because I'm happy you're back making picks because when I have to work with Frank and I go after his picks, I never win money. So I'm, it's good to have you back, Tyler. All right, we're going to wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time. It is brought to you by Wendy's and their brand new barbecue bacon cheeseburger. You can check out more and download the Wendy's app for next time at you order. Colby, what do you got? Well, again, no Frank, so I get garbage time. Like, this is a total gift for me. Uh, look, I cover a lot of college hockey, Tyler. I'm doing three NCAA games this week. I, I do the Frozen Four. I follow it very closely. And a really cool story from the defending national champion, Quinnipiac Bobcats, uh, over this past week. Uh, they've had some injury troubles this year. And most of these Division I schools have club teams. Now, let me tell you something. There is zero affiliation between a club team and a Division I team. Club hockey players are paying to play. They're just regular students. It's, there's zero, you know, you're not sharing ice. You're not calling players up. This does not happen. But Rand Pecknold uh, has been 30 years as a coach. He's got a national championship. He brings up. Adam Solomon from the club team, he puts him into practice for nine days. The kid does an outstanding job. He's working hard. He's being a good teammate. So Rand, what does he decide to do? He dresses him for a game against Dartmouth. Now, he didn't play a shift, Tyler, but he did dress as an extra forward. It's a huge honor. And the kid got an opportunity to do a press conference after the game and speak to the media. We have the video for you here. I love this kind of stuff. Remember my... Uh... My dad told me before the game, just savor that moment when you put it on. Um, I remember sitting in my stall, just just looking at it for for a couple minutes. Um, you know, it's to see how how far I've come in my my hockey career. Um, you know, this is again like a moment you, you dream of. Um, so it's an honor to wear that logo, um, especially with these guys 
great group, um, you know, led by a great coach. So, you know, it, it is everything. Yeah, yeah you that just, is. You, you, come on, you just you, that that's you know, in in a time where we're always hearing about negative, 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 seeing stuff like that. Um, you know, I give Rand Pecknold a ton of credit for for doing that. It, it, it's a ballsy move. Um, it really is. You know, a lot of teams would have just been short players. Again, I mean, there were times when I was in college that if got if we had a flu bug go through our team, we just didn't have enough players for the game. Never would Jack Parker have considered bringing up a club player. So good for Ryan Solomon. His dad actually tweeted me after I tweeted out the story just to tell me, yeah, he didn't get a shift. I would have known. Uh, obviously, his dad was probably in attendance, but nonetheless, awesome story. Uh, good for the Bobcats. Like I said, national champs last year with a great win over Minnesota. They're a top 10 team this year. We could see them back in the frozen four in Minnesota. Um, love that stuff. Yeah, that is uh, really, really good stuff in the middle of an, uh, of an NCAA season. Great stuff. Colby, uh, I wanted to wrap up with something quickly as well. If you watch the show, you know, we're always talking about our boy Jeremiah over in the YouTube. He is there every single day and he was out in Toronto last night. And he got a chance to get a picture with our boy, Frank Saravalli. I got a chance to do a live stream with Jeremiah last week as well. He is one of the diehards who is in that YouTube chat every single day. And then also over the weekend, Cole, while I was out in Seattle, I was out at a beer hall and I ran into Clark from Seattle, who also said he watches the show every single day. Uh, so appreciate everyone who tunes in to Daily Faceoff Live every day and love running into people out and about and out on the street, including people like uh, Jeremiah and Clark. So great stuff, as always, today in the YouTube, everyone. Great stuff from you, Colby, as well as John Goins and our producer, Gavin Turnick. That's a wrap on today's show. We will be back tomorrow. Same time, noon Eastern with Daily Faceoff Live. We'll chat with you then. What's up, hockey fans? If you enjoyed that video, then you need to be hitting the subscribe button right here at Daily Faceoff. Exclusive interviews and analysis from our hockey insider, Frank Saravalli, fantasy updates from Brock Sagan, and a daily live show at noon Eastern, Monday through Friday. You don't want to miss any of the fantastic content, so hit that subscribe button. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.